Welcome to Better Homes and Dungeons. Today, mental health. Why we have to be careful, as the one holding the whip is often the saddest. Na 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 na. You're not proud of me, are you, Dane? Ah, oh, I don't even have my face cam on to show you how I am seething with rage at that one. It's absolutely boiling. I'm proud but of myself, not, not and yet I know I shouldn't be. <laughs> That was terrible. It was. It really was. Thank you. Excellent. So, um, Dame, you, you are in our, um, the, the homebrew Curse of Strahd, but he's a railway baron with steampunk soul-powered robots. Um, how have you been since we talked two days ago? <laughs> oh, uh, been well. The tattoo is healing. Um, trying to keep my nose clean, but end up picking fights with chuds on Twitter anyway. Yes. The usual. One in particular. Yeah, yeah. I I try to keep more or less out of discourse and fighting people, because honestly, someone like that, who you know they're not going to change their ways, no matter how intelligent you lay out your discussions, how many sources you have, it's just going to completely get dismissed. Um, and it did. I, just, there was just something about this guy. I was like, oh, we got to fight. We have to fight right now. <laughs> you, you brought you, you played the um the the cards that you made for BlizzCon. Oh yes, basically. Uh, and something that he really wanted was <laughs> to be blocked, and I was like, "Oh no, no, no! You, you will not get that satisfaction. You you are going to hear me all day. So as long as you keep engaging with me, I am not going to shut up. I, I'm I more confess, stubborn than you. <laughs> I muted him. Um. And the great thing about that is, like, they don't know that you've muted them, because it doesn't do mm -hmm. the thing. Um, and then I just sent out a bunch of tweets, including one that was an acrostic of OK Boomer. <laughs> which I was kind of proud of. Ah, so good. I, I applaud. Thank you. Um, Have I redeemed myself from that terrible joke? Yes. Oh, I, yes, I will, there we go. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> oh, yes. Excellent. Well, some people can't be helped, and if they're going to get mad over safety tools and TTRPGs, then, boy, they really need to get a reality check on life. I would have said they really need to get something else, but, mm. you know, let's not shame people over their bedroom proclivities. Yeah, you know, the most I could probably say is he needs therapy, and a whole lot of it. Yes. If you see a Roger Heinlein movie quote in someone's profile... It could be they need help. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're referencing Starship Troopers? And... Um... Look, as, as an action movie, it's a lot of fun. I'll give it that. It's, it's actually really fun and, and enjoyable. But it's like, oh, and you don't think there's any evidence in this whole impeachment thing. Um... Oh, I didn't even see that. Good lord. Yeah. Okay, now, now I definitely don't regret yeah. Picking a fight with him, nah. Yeah, but anyway, let's let's talk about art because that's <laughs> fun and it's good. Yeah. Excellent. Now, um, we 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 reached out to Twitter to discuss art stuff. Um, now, Dane, I, I'm I'm going to put this to you first. What what TT what what does TT RPG art suggest to you, like theme and and, and gameplay wise? Hmm. 
in general or a specific one? Either slash both. I, I, I'm, okay. I'm curious just to sit here and, and listen to you talk. All right. Uh, well, generally speaking, um, just straight up what they have examples for classes, races, cultures, backgrounds, etc. Um, you know, how are these different people and, uh, I guess, calls to life being portrayed as? Um, it is definitely one of the first things I look at. I, I've seen a lot of people reference it beforehand. Not that, which is, excuse me, Wizards of the Coasts is historically great at inclusivity and still struggles with it today. Uh, it was really cool to see a black woman be the default human when you flip through 5e. Um, D&D 5e, that is. So And, and on the cover of Ravnica as well. Yes, that was really dope. Um, and people, for two me... White, two, two white people saying, hey, it's really great <laughs> when we bring in these other people and, and show off that they're cool and awesome and strong. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, let's not get too self-congratulatory now. I'm, I'm just um, angry at the world. Man. But yes, yes, I, I agree. I it's It means a lot to me to see diversity. Um, and not only that, but I suppose a rather aesthetic appeal in some unique-looking settings, like art that depicts clothing i haven't seen or buildings i haven't thought of uh maybe different takes on elves or orcs because it's really cool to see hey here are some fat elves or here are some really buff elves like i like i like seeing stuff that shakes up the standard like shakes up the norms being someone who doesn't fall in a lot of societal norms myself yeah, I I agree, and I th I think it's 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 also this kind of also comes back to gameplay stuff as well. Um, what's his name? I think it's James Hake. Um, about a month or a couple of months ago now, he has a thing on the D and D Beyond page about different um ways you can use like uh, stat bonuses based on background and class, and I think that's a much better thing to do. Um. Mm -hmm. Because that does allow us to have like them big, them them big buff elf barbarians that we want. It does let mm -hmm. us have them them charming dwarf bards that we all want. It does let us have like cool wiry sneaky furbolgs and cool wiry sneaky goliath boys and girls coming in, and it's like yeah, and and having art for that as well really would re-emphasize re that, hey guys, this game we can play in a lot of ways. Yep. And I think that's kind of what art's there to do. Not only that, but the message that it sends with, hey, you, you're accepted here. Not only that, but with something like D&D, &D, which has a lot of focus on being an exceptional person, a hero in particular, it's saying, hey, you, you are a hero. And I really like that more than just, you know, what society deems as default and standard gets to look at this book and see that they 
can also be a hero. Like, it, no matter what your skin color is, your orientation, uh, your size, for that matter, your ability as well. Like, whether or not you were disabled or able-bodied. Like, it's really cool to see and that representation, and what better to represent it than with art pieces of diverse people. Yeah. I mean, um, one, one that you mentioned and that I really should have remembered is Swordsfall. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what I also like about that, and I'm, I only kind of had a thought about this a few minutes ago, is the, the as far as I'm aware, and if people want to shout me out, cool, like, at me, because I'm, I'm legitimately interested in this, was the Afro punk um sorry the futuristic afro punk um thing was it a thing as much as it, as it is now prior to black panther cuz i i will i will level and say i can't remember anything that brought that to the to the center and this is kind of one of those cool things because swords falls art is beautiful Oh my god, yes. It is, uh, it is first thing I will mention, and I, and I think I would love to play a game of that. I don't have time, but I'd love to. <laughs> it's it's on my list. I, it is I'd love to be one number of these, one priority on my list. I want to be one of these really cool Afropunk people. Yeah. They're, they're um, cool. I will say, in the mainstream view, Afropunk was definitely just, well, not seen in TTRPG space, or really much gaming space, because, uh, well... It's black people being empowered, so unfortunately, that's not something that is commonly or hardly even brought up as a good thing. Mm. However, I will say, yes, I believe Black Panther probably helped with the mainstream approach of that. Um, and something that I really appreciate about the art in particular, um, I really like Shadowrun in spite of its flaws and it has many and the art does not grab me um as a matter of fact like the my biggest frustration with Shadowrun is the fact that it takes cyberpunk and turns it into ye old dystopian hellscape like everything mm -hmm. is capitalist everything's owned by corporations everything sucks right but with afro or Afropunk, sorry, with Swords Fall and the art style, especially the artists that Brandon, the creator, has been commissioning, I feel a sense of wonder. I feel a mm. sense of like hope and joy when I see that art. I don't have this grim, dark feeling of it's the future and we're still sexist, racist, homophobic, etc. Mm. And, um, where it can be empowering to play in that setting, I the art style uh, alone speaks volumes for Swordsfall and how I feel yeah. about it. I mean, it, it feels like these are strong characters that aren't being fetishized either. Mm -hmm. um, like, yep. And, and we don't need to go into that. I've already made the terrible BDSM joke. That's cool. Dota. God, there we go. I, Bringing I, it back. No. Bringing it full circle. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, speaking of Grimdark... <laughs> Um, one of the examples of art, and here's the thing, I, I, I might cop shit for this, and that's okay. Um, I like the art of Warhammer 40k. Because I... once you embrace the fact that it's camp and silly, you can have a good time with it. 
Yes. I... Yeah, for the most part. Um, Warhammer is pretty interesting art-wise as far as, like, just depictions of vast armies and, like, inescapable numbers of things, because that's essentially, you know, it's a war... Like, it has still stayed, as far as I can tell, a war game, and it really shows in its art. And not in a bad way, because it's not like, you know... I remember I, um... I can't remember who it was that was saying this on a podcast, but I... I think it was Crate and Crowbar. Um, but they were talking about um, the fact that, like, the gothic art style is one of the hardest to do. And you've got to really ask questions about a society that said, right, what are our battleships in space that have, like, millions of people on them going to look like? Huge mm-hmm. gothic churches with guns. <laughs> Who made that design decision? That's just silly. Oh, it's wild. But yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, ha- having now got a copy of like the basic Rogue Trader books and and wanting to play this, maybe we'll have a go at a one shot in our thing. Um, would would you be cool? Yeah, cool. I'd be keen. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, that's one. Um, e- actually, that's no, two. Ethan said he'd be down to be a, a tech priest. Um, it, it is one of those things where that that aesthetic does inform on the game, but also, I mean. It can go either way because there are definitely some edge lords that love 40k because it's the grim darkness of the future. There is only war and space fascists. It's like, yeah, but <sighs> embrace the stupidity of this. Yes, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Like this is beyond ridiculous, yeah. and let's not accept it as like something we should want. Like, it can be... (laughs) This is a cautionary tale. (laughs) Yeah, it can be fun to explore in certain ways and empowering in others. Mm. Um, That's part of the joy of TTRPGs is being able to empower oneself in different stories. But yes, like you said at the heart of it, uh, giant gothic church with guns and lasers is just ridiculous. Admittedly, it sounds like a great place for a rave. Not that uh, I've been to Rave. Graveyard it, Rave. It's not my thing, but, you know, look. There's going to be lasers and shit. It'll be like, oh, okay. I'll, uh, all right. And you got to wear your trench coat and your big boots, Josh. Yes. I'm there. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, <laughs> in total side tangent and a wholesome note, I went to raves all the time as a young uh, teen, but it was mostly because I really liked EDM. <laughs> Uh, I never did any drugs or did any of the stuff that the cool kids did. I just really like to dance. That's beautiful. And then again, you know, it's an expression of art, just in physical mm-hmm. form. Um, now, one one thing that kind of... Um, like a couple of people sent us art from like games that they like as well. Um, Bill from Escape This Podcast, um, who I've spoken to, and he's a lovely guy. Um Really lovely guy, another Australian podcaster. Um, he really, really loves the Middle Earth role-playing book, and the picture that he sent is clearly his personal copy. Did you see that in the Google Doc? I don't think I did. Okay, uh, page two. 
Let me pull that up. Page two looking. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Holy crap. That is so 80s. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. I know, but it's great. Like, it reminds me of what those books in the 80s looked like. And, like, that doesn't make me think of, like, Lord of the Rings, like the Peter Jackson movies. Um, because I didn't see anyone throw fireballs in those. And I, <laughs> no. I would have been okay if they had. Like, sorry, I'm just zooming it up a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I like the aesthetic that it has because it kind of reminds me, okay, what if, what if a bunch of D&D peoples sat down and said, right, guys, it's Middle Earth time. And I like that. But, I mean, for, for me as well, like, I, I began my TTRPG thing in the 80s. Yeah. And it, it's a beautiful art style. It's colourful, it's evocative, there's nice light work. Um, and it's got the two hobbits in, in the classic, like, little hooded cloaks and, and, and daggers thing. And that's great. I will say, yeah, I actually got started in TTRPGs, oh... I want to say 2014, so uh, I'm fairly fresh as far as that's concerned. Um, started off with 5e, played a little bit of other stuff, but, you know. And as someone like yourself who has been been in it since it started almost, uh, how have you felt about the evolution of the art style changes from I, module to module? I really like it. Um, give me a second. Um, mm-hmm. uh, give me a sec. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. like. I'm I'm just gonna bring up a a couple of pictures and whatnot on my um original thing. Sorry, I'm gonna bring up a couple of pictures from like the original, um monster manual thing and i'm just going to share my screen so you can see what it looks like and you can see that okay. it's not great share screen share screen that's fine okay um i mean this is kind of where like to, to have a look at this like these images you can see now especially like mm-hmm. this guy over here on the uh, on the right that is the art that I grew up with. And look, it's 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 good. It's simple line, simple, strong, bold lines. It, it, it's really basic, simple stuff, but it's still communicating what the monster is. Um, mm-hmm. This is the original owlbear, doesn't it look not as cool oh as... God. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's so hideous. Yeah. I don't know it how... It looks like a man cool. in a suit. It does. <laughs> Here's the lurker above, and they were pretty cool. There's the mimic. About to punch a guy with a fist. Um, I like that one a lot. So, I have to say, I, I love the fact that they've changed it. You know, not just because now it actually looks like, you know, something really cool that I really want to play now. But... Because bringing in that fantastical element... Like, the thing with these drawings is... Because they're black and white, because they're strong, simple, basic, um, even the picture of the demon guy here with the two normal arms in the pecs and the claw arms where arms should be, um, yeah, that has a level of grim and dark without any kind of 
comedy or endearment or any of those things. And second, and, and, and second Dead was like that. It was tough. You, you could get killed very easily in Second Ed. Yeah. And I, I get the feeling that you're kind of supposed to kill people very easily. Um, and now, like, if you look at Fifth Ed art for most monsters, yeah, they look dangerous. Yeah, they look threatening and strong. And look, here's what the original boule looked like. And here's oh what a goodness. dragon looked like. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Is that dragon okay? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> here's, here's another dragon. There you go. That one looks better. He, they look strong. Ah, there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there or, we go. Or this, this, this example. God, that's so 80s. What a trip. I know, but it's, it's, like all the, it's like all the danger with none of the fun. Yeah. And, and that's not to say the original D&D or Second Ed wasn't fun. It was fun. Um... And, and yes, this is the cover of the old manual I used to have, Dave. This is what we had to live with. Yep. And I mean, admittedly, that looks it would rad. make a metal, it'd make an amazing metal album cover still. Yes. <laughs> um, it's a red dragon breathing fire with, like, you know, Pegasus is all about it. And you kind of got to wonder, how the hell are these Pegasus going to hurt that thing? Um, but anyways, um, and it's not to say these versions weren't fun... But ever since, you know, Chris Perkins started going on Penny Arcade and doing their thing with them, we, the art style changed and we embraced the fun. We embraced the silliness, the hilarity. We embraced the, hey, you can make a lot of silly jokes while playing this game that is about going into terrible places and fighting horrible things. And I think the change in the art direction helped. I would agree, because I feel like there's a lot of nuance you can put in a character design. Um, I do appreciate the silly ones, like uh, Flumps, <laughs> what's up with that, or Grells. They're just brains with beaks. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they're an old school monster. Yeah, it shows. It still shows, even with the current art. You're like, I, I, I just sit here like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Like to, My to, party to, did not appreciate it either. <laughs> to kind of also show off another thing, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to start like shouting out other people's stuff as well in a sec. For example, if I get the um, the Kobold Creature Codex in front of us, mm-hmm. and get that good old fashioned screen sharing thing going on. Like, th- this is Cobalt Press's um, Creature Codex, and, you know, look, it, it, it's beautiful and it's gorgeous. Um, and a lot of things from Cobalt I use, and one of them in particular, but, I mean... Ooh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, this is the good stuff. But, I mean, Cobalt like tends to be more dangerous than your average 5th Ed stuff. Mm-hmm. And so their monsters look a bit more... Ooh. <laughs> okay, cool. Ooh, you didn't see that. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I was going to point out, uh, you could go back up to the Acidant. Yeah. And, like, something I want to mention there with just the art by itself. Without reading the stat blocks, without reading the description, I'm looking at an ant. It's got uh, mandibles splayed out. It is dripping with acid. The acid is singeing the rock beneath it. And its entire abdomen is large. It looks like it would be pulsating. And it's filled with 
more green bright acid and without even reading that i can see if you step on that you're gonna have a bad time like even if this creature isn't enormous which it looks like it is small if you accidentally step on this thing oof (laughs) and i see there it has explosive death yes so and it turns into a burst of acid and yeah that's that's one of those things where looking at it can inspire you like Maybe I want to put this in the campaign where the ants aren't really threatening, but if you're not careful and you step on them, oops, it ate through your entire boot. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I can remember the um, like the original pictures of um, like certain monsters in the like original uh, the the rust monster in the original D and D book, and it looks pathetic. Ooh, yeah. Um, not that I'm showing this off for any reason, Dane, but let's be quiet about this one, hey? Does it look good? Okay. Yeah. I. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There, it has maces for arms. Yes, Excuse it does. Excuse me. Yes. All right. Yeah. Keeping that in the back of my mind. Keep keeping um, that in the back of your mind. And this is a case of look. Yeah. I mean, th- this good art can help us really consider what direction we want to take our campaigns in. Um, and that's great. And that's really cool, because it can help set that mood, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, speaking of setting a mood as well, um, Lily Mansfield, she said that she loved the art in the Trail of Cthulhu books. Um, I've never played Call of Cthulhu. I've listened to it and the, the main people I've listened to, to play Call of Cthulhu are the How We Roll guys and they do get silly, but they get silly with an understanding that, look, if you get too silly, you're going to die. Yes. And that is a mood. It yeah. is a tone, and, you know, what... I mean, the, the comment I made to her is, this makes me think that Humphrey Bogart is going to fight the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> it looks... Yeah, yeah, there's, like, a tentacle slithering up. We've got... Uh, you can tell that it's dark because the water beneath the tentacle is being uh, lit up with reflections of the lamp that I think that's a police yep. person holding. Um, we have... Like you said, Humphrey Bogart. I, what? <laughs> I, I just imagine he's got a Tommy gun by the name of Sam. Yeah. And when he reloads it, he's like, "Play it again, Sam." Yeah, yeah. It definitely looks uh, like old school. Definitely murder mystery, except the murder is eldritch horror, hmm. and I'm a big fan of that. Um, okay. Personally speaking, not, not that, that you need to include Eldritch Horror in the all. campaign. <laughs> I don't think Mags is a big fan. Oh, good. Good. Even better. Oh, good God. <laughs> Sorry. No, I, 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 I do fine. like this art. I like the idea of playing a 1920s something. I would, I mean, I personally, I'd play it as a caricature and I know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, I feel like, especially with something that's set in an older setting, it's kind of hard not to take a little bit of the piss, um, considering, like, we all know what issues people had back in the 20s. Yes. And um, I, I have to say, like... making the... a character caricature of those kind of people. Yeah. I mean, my, my only kind of complaint is, like, I've, I've looked at some of the art on this, and it's pretty well, like, you know old-ass white people doing stuff. And that's cool. Um, But at the same time, it's not showing any of that institutionalized nastiness. I mean, honestly, even if I was playing a game like this, I wouldn't be bringing that in, because what's the point? 
no, 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 that's not enjoyable. Like, that's... <sighs> I mean, maybe in a naughty character that the player characters can punch the crap out of and absolutely lampoon the idea of, like, racism being just, like, such a terrible, stupid thing. But even then, I don't know if... <sighs> It's I it's one of those things that I feel like as white people, uh, it's it's better for us to just leave that off yeah. to the side. This is not a discussion we need to um, be the heads of. Yes. <laughs> as far as like how to do racism well in a game, like you know, I'm not qualified for that. I, so I, I think I'm gonna stay in my lane. I think the closest that we kind of ever got to that, as far as like okay, racism in entertainment, how to do it right. Um, and this is because of Lindsay Ellis's wonderful video essay on Mel Brooks is Mel Brooks. Mm. Um, because he said, look, satire has to have... And look, go watch it, guys. It's really good. Um, it's a really good discussion about the fact that he is a white Jewish person. Is like, look, racism is inherently stupid. That's why we did Blazing Saddles, to show that off. But anyways... Um, I just need to get the name right. Tabletop Obscura said, if we're going to discuss this, we cannot go past Anima Beyond Fantasy. Okay. Would you go be- Would you go past that. this? Because I've got it up on my screen here. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it with you. Oh, I... This is very JRPG yes. Square Enix Final Fantasy vibes. Oh, that's a red lady, more like red mage. Not that that's a bad thing. No. I... <laughs> Um, That's not a bad thing. I, I mean, am a maybe sucker. Maybe a little objective. Um, yeah, not a fan of uh, everything's covered but the titty, but uh, maybe that's how she rolls. Look good for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it that that's kind of something that you do get with JRPG is um, you you definitely get a lot of uh, anime titty. But hmm. that I love that like, I love that right there. The, 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 this main cover thing. Yes. How would you describe that? Because I'd be saying like this is. I'd be saying that's an androgynous person. Yeah, because I would it, it say they probably way. like it's either a very femme looking dude or, or or a bit of a butch good looking lady. Um. Yeah, their face is very soft. Um, to me though, I'm like really attracted immediately to their armor uh the what is it what's happening there with their hand are they like peeling off the armor is it coming off without i'm not sure doing? it's a little obscurish i think i'll see if i can find a no i can't find a better picture oh well i guess I, there's like it's dark in the background there's clouds it's very high resolution very like the best way i can describe it is it looks square enix it looks like we have a square enix Final Fantasy protagonists right in front of us. They're uh, they've got very soft features, but they still look very tough. Hmm. Like it, it, despite it's a, it's them a having combination like of grace and strength, right? Or yeah, and that's strength. that's. Really no, no, what I'm it is. stick with grace and strength. Yeah, grace and strength is a great way to describe that because they look very. Um, though they look soft and beautiful, they still look like like the the heavy armor they have on their body, the fact that they're, like, slowly peeling off one of their gauntlets. They look like they can box. Yeah. And uh, also, this picture of this monster, i got to say, I don't want to fight that. Oh, my God. That... 
that's so it, it's just the re- most ridiculous it's like an undead undeady demony cthulhu guy in pointy spiky armor with pointy spiky serrated broad sword who honestly looks like um he looks like a corrupted knight yeah like like he you can see where his chainmail has been torn his cloak is in tatters and uh there's got some weird demon juice uh, going through his muscles, making his arms look weird, and it looks like, you know, night fell and then evil picked it up and turned it into something monstrous, and I'm down for that. Yeah. I, I like the idea, and, and I think you were saying this before, it's like, art that tells a story implicitly, when we are discussing yes. the ant acids, like, this tells you what this creature can do immediately. Yeah. And this tells me, yeah, I don't want to fight that. No. No, he looks like the type that is standing there amidst, like, a sea of bodies, and you know the second he gives you, like, locks eyes with you, you're dead. Yeah, like, I, it, oh it kind God. of reminds me of that bit in The Simpsons where um the the mafia guys are fighting the Yakuza guys, and Homer's like, there's this one guy, he's just standing there, you can tell he's going to do something, it's going to be real good. I was like, yeah, he'd be, he'd be cool. <laughs> that's yeah like that's it just feels so jrpg to me and like and i guess i should clarify what that means in case somebody is unaware it does mean japanese role-playing game Um, again why i was referencing square enix final fantasy all that it just looks so so much of that Mm. like and i'm not sure how to better describe it other than do you like final fantasy games and the ridiculous like absurd and over-the-top character designs, because here you go. I This is amazing. I get the feeling if I was to play this, I would want to play as, like, maybe... Have you watched much anime? Uh, Some older-school anime. I don't okay. keep up on the newer stuff. Uh, I am not hip on the anime these days. Yeah. I, I watch some stuff that's just on Netflix, because, like, mm-hmm. Netflix late at night is my pushes, push-ups and crunches time. Um... And I wouldn't know if I'd want to play as, like, someone... Like, the, the main guy from Seven Deadly Sins, whose name eludes me at the moment, but he's a little blonde guy. Um, mm-hmm. Or there's a guy called Fox. Uh, give me a second. I'll, I'll get a picture of this guy in front of me. Ah, oh, there we go. I just, oh, wow. Yeah. I, oh, there we go. Yeah, Sin of Greed. I was like, yeah, that guy, I mean... I want to point out he's very confident in himself. I, you can tell by that outfit. Yes. Um, now, he is in the series played as very straight. I personally think that art style... Look, he, he down for whatever's along, really. I get that impression, too. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the kind of character I would play as. Because in the, in the series, he's essentially like... He can't really be killed. So he just runs into battle with things so much stronger than him. Gets torn apart and he's like, eh, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm going to hit you back now. Ah, uh, yeah, a bit of that, like, uh, that cocky antagonist kind of attitude. Yeah, which is, which is great. Ah, um, oh, Meliodas, that's the guy. Like, if you look at... Um... That Josh, come on. You're in front of your friend. You should be able to type properly. Get it right. There you go. There we go. 
Um, oh, wow. Yeah, like, the, there's a lot of story stuff here, but th- this is Meliodas, and he just looks like a happy, fun guy. I'd probably, yeah. I'd probably play that in, like, this anime game and, and then just get killed by Spiky Nightboy. <laughs> or, or you play seemingly docile-looking blonde boy, and then you unleash your super mega sword and uh, anime transform and do something powerful, because that's totally the vibe I get with that game. Yeah. No, I, I would, yeah. Like, that, that'd be a lot of fun, too. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there's there's so much you can go with it. Like, in my head, I'm like, oh, I want to be the very serious sword wife, the no-nonsense gal, even though that's definitely not me as a person, one iota. <laughs> I'm probably the, cl- the character that I'm playing at the moment that's closest to my actual personality type is a tabaxi assassin by the name of Grebo. Um, and this is like work Josh personality talking. He is a professional. <laughs> he's not a kleptomaniac. He's not a, he's not a murder hobo. He's a professional. If you give me money to see that someone gets stabbed, I'll stab that person. I'll stab them really well. It's what I do. Stabbing. <laughs> yep. I I have someone similar uh, that I play in Shadowrun that's the closest to me, and boy, he's so obnoxious. Uh, I don't know how the group tolerates him, other than, much like Grebo, he is also a professional. He's very good at his job. He's a hacker, and... So far, we've more or less gotten through things unscathed, except for that one time, and that's because I did not count on human error. That sounds like a runner. (laughs) Basically, I forgot to account for humans doing human stuff, and whoops. I've played the video games of Shadowrun, and they're great. Like, it's really good stuff. Like, it's a a good way to, you know, pass a couple of nights or whatever. Um, But the... I, I played as a rigger. Oh, you're the car Decker. monkey, yeah. That's it. Decker. Decker I, is I, I, was, uh, I was a for dwarf hacking. who was a rigger Decker, and I just like the idea of like a combat engineer who's like finding ways to shut down the enemy's artillery or make the environment more hostile to them while his robots like, you know, shoot stuff. Oh yeah. That would be wild, too, considering how you have to be in the Matrix for both things, Mm. um, to both access anything cyber-related and to control your drones. You have to be jacked in. That would be like feeling like you're a chameleon. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And, and I mean, I, I, I think, like we've been saying, it's like these changes in art style are reflections of changes in the world, but... When we bring them into ourselves, we can start to change the world back, I think. You know, Swordsfall. Um, we, we were saying, you know, it became huge because Afropunk suddenly became... Sorry, futuristic, cool Afropunk became a thing. And now mm-hmm. more and more of us are picking this up. So I'd love to see what changes that makes in the industry and in society when we start saying, hey, we want this. Absolutely. Money talks. And, uh, like, it can be, speaking of someone who is queer and has had to deal with companies coming through and marketing that, it can be a little frustrating because, frankly, it can seem a little disingenuous. However, it's kind of nice to have 
big companies saying these voices are worth our money. Like, these voices are worth investing in. Like, they have money and they want to spend it on this. And, like, that's just how it works. And I really want to see stuff like Swords Fall not only thrive, but uh, spawn more things. And, hell, there's already been some really great motions in D&D itself. I'm not sure if you keep up on Rivals of Waterdeep, but I that don't, is primarily... I but I know primarily... the person who started it. Okay. It is a primarily black cast, and they are excellent. It is so Wasn't... wonderful to watch. When I say who started I think it was, and I might be wrong, was not Aram Vatien connected to it in its early days? Because that's who I'm thinking of. And I could well be I there. honestly don't know. Okay. Um, he does um, Rise of the Demigods. And mm-hmm. it, they're, they're an amazing, amazing podcast. Um, they're really cool. And the guy has just the loveliest voice to listen to. Um, mm. And they are a case where... And I saw him make this remark on Twitter. And I, I, I'm not meaning to get this wrong. I'm going to get it wrong. And I apologize. And he was just talking about the fact that they are the most diverse, they're a wonderfully diverse bunch of people. It's like, look, I'm Armenian. This other guy, Joey, I think, is Jewish. Um, and he listed someone else was something else. And again, please, I'm, I'm not trying to forget stuff. I'm just a twit. Um, but he also said, it was like, look, you know, this person's non-binary. I'm gay. This mm-hmm. other person is trans. You know, this, this, this dude's bi. And I kind of wanted to say, in a cheeky way online, and I and I didn't because it's impossible for that kind of thing to really translate the way you want. It's like, Dana Ram sounds like you got everything except a straight white dude. What are we going to do for our inclusive uh, inclusivity on our side? And it's like, yeah, Josh, you're all over the place. Get over yourself. <laughs> um, I I feel like there there's definitely it's hard to do that tongue in cheek over text because you lose that you know that sarcastic tone. Yes. Um. And that would that is also another great topic to get on, but I could spend hours yeah. on building more inclusive spaces. Yeah, but but kind of kind of bringing of them to that end. It's like his their their Twitch thing and their um their podcast and the fact that this guy has released a world book, he has had a level of success in this with a very, very wonderfully diverse cast of characters and people being involved, it is saying to the industry, hey, these people are here and they're playing your game and they're doing it because this helps them feel strong and empowered. And that's great. Mm. And thank God that, you know, we've, we're changing... We change the world around us, we change the art we make, the art changes the world around it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, It's, and it's, I feel like for someone, uh, now let me rephrase that. Sorry, I was, bleh, train of thought. Okay. I feel like what's important too is kind of just keeping that adage in your mind is be the change that you want to see. Hmm. Right. Like, you know, we can't necessarily change things in broad strokes, right? Like, we're not going to do a thing and suddenly capitalism hellscape is over and we're safe, yay. But it's the idea of, like, 
you know, every day doing something or approaching something with that change that you want to see in mind. Something as simple as, like, you know, maybe I'll design this character uh, fat, because why not? Or maybe I will, you know, make sure to have this diverse cast in. in specifically, I've turned down a couple of uh, streaming opportunities because they've had an all-white cast, and I'm like, you know what? No, actually. <laughs> you need to go look for some other people. Like, I, I'm willing to just sit down for this. I'm not saying that as, like, a go-me sort of thing, but I, uh, more of an example of that be the change that you want to see. There, in small ways, like, it can all add up as you go through life. Yeah, I do. Um, and on that note, uh, we have to do finish. I've run a little over my lunch break, but that's okay. Um... The benefit of being good at one's job and a profession is that you're a little leeway now and then. Um, <laughs> Dame, people need to go check out your art. Um, they can do that on your Twitters? Yes. You can find me at Twitter at DameDoesArt. And soon, TM, I will be going to PAX U, which I have never gone to PAX U before. I have never even gone to a convention on my own before. So oh. this is going to be a wild ride. I think it will be. And... Um, I, I, of course, can be found at Nerdy People D and D. Please check out our other show, um, Nerdy People Play D and D. Uh, this is going to be launching very soon as its own like independent podcast soon, but I'll still be doing everything because I'm a lunatic. Um, <laughs> and delegation, yeah. Josh. Uh, delegation. I'm, I'm, when it starts <laughs> making me money, I'll pay someone. You know that's fair. Yeah, that is fair yeah. and valid. Thank you. Um, but yeah, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Uh, music is from Kevin McLeod. I keep forgetting to mention it, so I made sure I did this time. See you next week. Bye. Bye.